We are not called to do this alone. You know, I think that that's real important. That um, there's a there's an illustration I was taught a long time ago about. You know, if you go watch um, if you go watch uh, watch them pray out in the jungle. Over over a, a deer, there's no way a lion can catch a deer a lot faster, right? So, but but what they'll do is they'll set up, they'll set up one here, they'll set up another one. Is it? They're going to wear you down. What happens? But they always chase, and this is what they'll show you. They'll always chase. A predator will always go after the weakest link. And what happens is the weakest link starts flowing back, getting away from the crowd a little bit, segregating themselves a little bit, segregating themselves a little bit. Getting away, and, that, and that's when the devil, when they, separate, when they separate, they're not with the pack anymore, so it gives them an opportunity. They're by themselves, so we're going to attack them because they want to be on an island all by themselves. Come on. That's right. And so, and, and that's, that's you got, you've got to fight. We have to fight because, you know, the, the reality that God's created us to be one together with each other. What Pastor Justin is preaching right now in the area of synergy is that one, all of us flowing together as one body. Jesus, Jesus prayed and asked in John chapter 17, Lord, I pray. Do you think Jesus is going to get what he prayed for? He's coming back for a bride without spot or blemish. That bride is a bride that's in unity one with another. Me, my, my, Cassie and I were singing. We, we, I sing all the time, y'all. I think I'll figure that out by now, hopefully. But um, there's an old song. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one. Anyway, you, we're one in the spirit. We're one in the Lord. God wants us to be one yeah. with each other. Yeah. Jesus said, help them to see that the same love that you love me with is the same love that you love them with. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. God doesn't treat me any different than he's treating Jesus. Right. He loves me just as much. as That's a hard thing for, I think, our mind sometimes to really comprehend that God truly loves us just like, it, like we were Jesus himself. His only begotten, the first, he was the first. We're the many. Come on. We're, we're brothers, amen, and the Lord. And it's so important to remind ourselves that, that we cannot allow ourselves to segregate, to get separated from the body, the body that God's created us to be a part of. Amen? All right? Okay, good deal. All right, so tonight... I want to talk to you, uh, when I was praying, this kept coming up in my spirit. It kept coming up in my spirit. Who's your source? 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 Or, and this is what came up next, what's your source? What's your source? Now, now I, I'm, I'm saying this because, you know, as men, as men, we see, uh, we can, it's easy for us to think, my job's, I got to have my job. I got to have my job. I got, the, your job is not your source. Your job is not your source. It, it's not your source. It's a, it's a, it's a vehicle. It's an, it's, a, it's an avenue by which the source gets what he needs to get to you. Come on now. So we have got to, there's a fight though going on because uh, people want to label us uh, as if we've done it, as if we've done it by ourselves. Right? Oh man, you've done so good. And you know what? You and I both know we could not do what we do without God on our side. We wouldn't be where we are without, he's our source. So when the source shows up, when we allow the source to show up to our jobs, 
then the source becomes involved and it becomes greater at what we're doing, right? So, and even in that, as a man, you're not the provider of your family. That's a, that's a, that's a shift for some thought processes. You and I, are, we are not the provider. God has to be my provider. Just like he's, the, he's, he's Jehovah Jireh, you're mine and your provider. The big reason why, one of the reasons why God says, I don't want more than 300 men with Gideon going against 30,000 men is because he didn't want them to get puffed up. Yes, did you see what we did? Yes, sir. Seriously, you look at that, you go study that scripture out. What does that say? The reality is that God can do it whether you're in it, you get involved in it or not. But he's looking, he wants to, he wants us to experience with him his greatness in everything that we're doing. So in everything that he's given, he's promised us whatever you put your hand to. Because why? Because you're in covenant, because I'm in covenant with him. So whatever I'm doing, he's promised me that he wants to make my way prosperous. So he wants to make sure that you're going to succeed at what you're doing. When you and I have a tug of war contest between us, our flesh, and what God wants to do in our lives, then it gets a little sticky. It gets a little rough. And that's the battle that you're trying to fight. You were that song while ago, I will enter into that rest. The rest is when you stop laboring in the flesh. It doesn't mean that you don't stop doing whatever it is God's told you to do. It's when you stop laboring like as if it's you the one that's making it happen. So who's your source? What's your source? So your source, the source of your supply, my source of my supply cannot be dependent upon who I am and what I can do in my natural abilities. Come on, he gave them all to me to begin with. There's a song when I was a kid growing up, I'd play guitar and sing and, you know, I'd be up there in front of the church and I'd sing. There was a song that I would sing that a blind man can't see flowers growing in a garden. A crippled man can't walk places where he wants to go. A man they can't see. See, everything that you and I have, feet, our hands, our eyes, our ears, God gave them to us. And so if I have the ability to show up somewhere, who's given me that ability to show up somewhere and do something? I've got to see that. I've got to remember that no matter how good I get at whatever it is I'm doing, I got to realize he's the one that's making me good at what I'm doing. We got, there's so much grace on our lives that we don't even realize it's, it's God's grace. We just think it's just something that we've been good at. You're not that good. I'm not that good. Come on. I'm just reality. I'm just being real with you. Because that, that's the grace of God that, is, that he's put an anointing on our lives. He's given us gifts and abilities for us to, to be able to do what he, to subdue the earth. Yes. Come, on. To, come on, go back to Genesis. He's, he, we still have a responsibility to have authority to rule and reign with him in this earth. Yes, your, your natural, our natural tendency, anybody on the earth, their, their tendency is to want to rule. That they want to, because you why? That's what they were created to do. What happens is if you're ruling in the flesh, it stinketh and it's going to die and it's going to stay down here and burn with the rest of the stuff. Because it's all natural. Our pursuit and who we are has got to be in Him. We have an eternal weight of glory. Not to say that we're not going to, not, not to say because the Bible says that whatever we give up on earth, 
It's going to be returned to us in heaven, but also on the earth. So, but we don't have to go looking for it. We just need to stay focused in on the eternal aspect of what God's wanting us to do. Everything that we do has an eternal weight of glory. Come on. When you show up to a job site, when you, when you go to work every day, God's wanting to do something supernaturally through you in that setting somehow, some way. Whether it's bringing increase to that company or whether it's bringing healing to the person that you work next to or being able to pray. Even if you're not able to lay hands on them and pray, you know what? You have a relationship with them. You get to start praying for them on a regular basis by name, in covenant with them, encouraging them day by day all the time. I'm going to share a testimony this week. I've been, uh, the Lord's setting me up for my next vehicle. And uh, I thought I found it, man. And I, you know, the last thing you want to do is waste time going to look at a vehicle. I ain't got time for that. I mean, I'm the type of person I'd already shot. And this guy, I got there. He goes, I said, I know what I'm wanting. I said, this is a car I want. Don't want to look at anything else. This is what I'm coming to look at. If it's good, if it's everything that it says, then I'm going to drive it off. I had already called uh, my credit union. They already... Everything's set. All I got to do is walk in there and say, let's do this and let's go. I get in there and it's not, I get in there and I'm sorry, but I drive a vehicle and it's a nice vehicle. My wife says, this is a nice vehicle, Rick. And so we drive in there. But one of of my test requirements, I don't know how all y'all are in a vehicle, is I always get in the back seat. You know why? Because I'm not by myself in a vehicle. And I may be the only one driving it, but I want, if I'm going to, if somebody's going to go with me, I don't want them back in that back seat, like crunched up or just, you know, no head, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Just being, and my girl, I mean, we're a tall family. So the moment my daughters, I mean, they're going to be six, Michaela's already 5'11", you know, Gabriella's shooting up too. You know, you get four long-legged people in a car and it's not going to be real comfortable, right? I got in that back seat. I was like, oh my goodness, you're kidding me. And I got the numbers wrong on the type of vehicles they were, so I thought I was in the right vehicle, but it was my fault. But he said, Rick, he says, this is the, the, of all the vehicles like this, there's 90 of them in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. This is the lowest price and the best deal on anyone. I said, I know. Well, I'm not going to waste my time showing up with a vehicle. Okay, naturally, okay? So my natural is going, man. Because my heart went when I saw, and it was, I, it was, this guy was cool. Because me and Cassie have been praying, God, hook us up with the right person. Right. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about an eternal weight of glory. With everything that we do, it's not just about, I need a new vehicle. Yeah. It has, come on. Get out of that. Well, God, what vehicle do you have for me? And what, what process do you want me to go about obtaining that vehicle? And who is it that you're going to help me influence in the process? So I, when I found that vehicle on Monday, I called on Monday, and the guy had already left work, got on his, he was on his, he was driving, he lived over here in Burleson. And uh, I was going to go in, I, this is what was cool. Not only did I find me a vehicle, I found Cassie a vehicle. Whoa. So I was ready to trade her car in and get this one, and it was already proved for everything. I did it before, the night before, okay, so, but I get on the phone with him. And uh, really kind guy. And uh, we get to talking. And uh, he goes, uh, man, he says, they're, he says, they're there. If they're there, they should be there in the morning. I'll check and see with you. He says, but I just, man, I apologize. I cannot do anything tomorrow. Okay? He says, my, and I said, I'm not, I said, I'm not trying to push anything on you. I'm just going to be real with you. My mom was diagnosed with cancer today. Okay. 
All right. So what's this? Okay. I'm thinking my natural is going. I'm looking. This is the car I want. Okay. Here we go. Right. God saying has nothing to do about a car, Rick. Seriously. Do you see this? And so we can become, and I'm going to just drop it there because the re, what I'm trying, well, you got what I'm talking about. Whatever we're doing in life can't be just, we cannot be thinking naturally. We, we need to tune in a different, we need to tune into a different station. Okay. We need a reset button right here. Okay. Because this, this is what, because I'm telling you, it wouldn't go away. The Lord kept saying, who's my source? What's my source? That's the question God's saying to us, to me. He's going, Rick, who's your source? Okay. He was even talking. You know what's funny? He even mentioned something to me about the vehicle coming over here, the, uh, the vehicle he has for me. Okay. Come on. Yep. Come on I was like, all right. Okay. See, he's, he's always talking, but not, we're not always wanting to listen. That's that flesh. Dracula, the coffin, is kind of come up out of the coffin going, eh, eh, I want to do it my way. I did it my way. Yeah, bad. That was ugly. You go, that song, the person who sang that song, that was not good. You know? Ended up in a, in a, he ended up in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? So the reality of what we have to recognize in our lives is who's the source. Now, I want to talk to us. I believe that what the Lord's going to help, what we're going to get to tonight is that the Lord's going to give us some direction on how to make sure we're keeping him our source. Does that make sense? Because it's one thing to know, okay, I've got to keep God's my source and I need it. But how do I keep him as my source? And there's a spiritual checklist that you and I've got to constantly be aware of in order for us not to get off. Amen. Right? Because, you know, the, the reality of it is, is, is if you, especially like avionics, I don't know if you know much about avionics. I know you do. If you look at avionics, if you start off on course and if you don't pay attention to that constantly, there are constant adjustments because wind's changing, altitude changing, the, the, the moisture, everything starts. So you're flying, it can change the course and direction. That's the same way you and my life, our lives are going on a regular basis. We've got to constantly, it's not just, you just can't wake up. That's why if y'all heard Sunday morning, I started preaching on the book, The Perfect Day, The Perfect Life. If you, 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 every day I still have to wake up. I don't care how good yesterday was. I still have to wake up the next day and I don't get brownie points for what I did yesterday. Seriously. Come on. Um, that, and, and it doesn't work that way. I, I'd love, I, that'd be nice if it did, you know, but now I, the seeds I sowed yesterday, I'm going to reap today. Right. But today still has to be played out in order for me to reap tomorrow. Right. Okay, so you're the sum total of everything that you've sowed into your life at this point in time. If you don't like your life, whose fault is it? Right? <laughs> right? Reality, I've got to take ownership of that, right? So it's cool because you have, say, I have a good life. That's right. Say, I, you know, say, like, say I have a good life. Okay, right, because God is my source. That's right. See, if you'll let God continue to author your life rather than you try to write the script for yourself, it's going to be a good life. Right? He's the author. Let him finish what he authors. Right? That's a real important thing. There's times in my life, I know for me, that I've gotten a word from the Lord. I know. And then I jump out and I heard that word. So I go try to make that word happen. Right? I believe I'm, you know what, what God's, he's not, he's not only going to give me a word, but he's going to fulfill that word. Right? 
I just got to be consistent and diligent to do whatever it is he tells me to do. Whatever he tells me to do today and then the next day and the next day. Let's go to the scripture. Let's go to, uh, we were just close to it just a minute ago in Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah 55 is where we're going to start. I like this. 55 verse 6. Isaiah 55 verse 6. And we're going to be in the King James Version to start off with. It says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call, that means that there's going to be a time when he can't be found. All right? Call you upon him while he is near. Man, right now, now, say now. Now. It's a choice. Let the wicked forsake his way. You're not wicked, right? But if you were, change your ways, right? And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now he's talking to me, you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. What is he saying? If you're thinking in the natural, your thoughts are not my thoughts. If you're in the natural. You can't think naturally. God's God's bigger than that. There's always something spiritual. I mean, I'm saying you're going to walk it out in the natural. I'm not saying you're not going to do that. But there's always something greater that God wants to do through you if you'll let him. Oh, about the, the, the uh, Cassie and I were able to pray with the guy, pray over his wife. I mean, pray over his mom, pray over his dad, uh, pray over his business. I mean, it was really an amazing opportunity. You know what? We sowed the seed that God told us to do. I, I, I was driving away. I said, man, Lord, I, really, I must have missed it. He said, you didn't miss nothing. He said, it was not about that car. I was like, I was like, oh, wow. And Cassie said the same thing. We did not miss this, Rick. Because she, I mean, Cassie does not like to be cold. She's standing out with cold with me. Coming, I was like, I'm thinking, what are you doing out here? She knew she, we were supposed to be out there to minister to him. Amen. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Wow. And so if that's, you know, God will do, there's times, I, there's times when I've needed somebody in my life to speak to me yeah. and encouraging. What you sow is going to grow. Yeah. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I don't, man, I want to be obedient if God's telling me, hey, go do something. My obedience can fulfill someone else's miracle if I'll let it. Amen? And so we have to trust that. And you know what? It's not always comfortable. Really? And you may, you know, because the bottom line is I had to ask, hey, was it, can we pray with you? You know? You're in a business deal situation right here. You're going, hey, can I pray with you? You know? Yeah. He, he was like, yeah. And so I was able, you know, so being able to, Minister to someone and love on somebody and pour the love of Jesus in them. That's what we're called to do, right? But it should be in every aspect of our life. Don't compartmentalize God. Uh, if you compartmentalize God, that's what, your compartmentalization is going to limit where God can work in your life. And the wages of sin, because if you start... If you start compartmentalizing, God, you can do this, but you can't do this. and you can, I'm, I've got this over here, God, so don't worry about it. Right? Come on. I mean, we've all been there. I'm, I'm saying this from experience. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm just, seriously, we've all done. I mean, and we, sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. That's most of the time, right? You find yourself, oh man, what am I doing? God, forgive me, Lord. You know, I need to get back on track here. What are we doing? We're trying to make sure that we're, God is, God is the source of everything that's taking place in our life. All the time. Whoa, a happy family. 
You want to see, you want to have a happy family? God's the source of that. Seriously. If you want, that's the source. You cannot, there's one thing that Cassie and I both know for each other. I cannot fulfill Cassie. It is not two coming together. It's not 50-50. There's nothing 50-50 about it. You better be 100 in all the way. That's what it takes. That's what it takes, and that's what you ask. I don't want 50% of you. You know, you have to be you, though. Does that make sense? So, and because, and, and why? Because God's connected you, not just physically, he's connected you spiritually. There's gifts and anointings in our lives so that we can, we can be everything that God's created us to be for each other, whether it's in a marriage or it's in a friendships. Don't, do not neglect the people that God surrounds you with. I'll go, I said this on Sunday, but the, the book that uh, Nancy Dufresne wrote years ago, but the, your greatest visitations are at your, at your local church where God's called you to be because there's a pastor there and there's people, ministers there that are called to, you know, so you ever feel like, man, I don't know if I really want to go tonight or this morning. There's a challenge there. What? The devil don't want you coming. Because this is your, this is your, this is your power source, part of your power source. And you have to fight sometimes. Your spirit man's alive to. That's why Jesus said your, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's all of us. We've been there. Come on now. That don't, God, that Satan does not play favorites. That's right. He just doesn't give a rip. That's right. Seriously. That's right. And so you and I have to get our continuously fight the good fight of faith yeah. to enter into that rest in whatever area of our lives that that is. Amen? Yeah. Right. It's a fight. Okay. So for my thoughts, so our thoughts, now I'm going to read, uh, hold your place there, and I'll finish this in a minute, but... Um, Go to 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. I want you to see this. How are we doing up there? Okay, time. Y'all getting something? Yes, sir. Praise yes, sir. the Lord. Good 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen. Sound, sound familiar? Yeah. Yes, Why? Because he says, As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for those that love them. But, how many of y'all know but cancels out everything that you just read? Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, the old covenant, you, you can't, they could not see this because it was had to be spiritually discerned. What happened when Jesus, Jesus said, go into Jerusalem until you be endued with power. What power was that? The Holy Spirit. It was with them, but it needed to come and live in them. That's right. They needed to be baptized. So your flesh constantly, though, wants, there's a fight going on, and whichever dog you feed the most is the one that's going to win, either your flesh or your spirit man. The more you feed that spirit man, the hungrier it gets. You ever notice that? You just can't feel like you ain't getting up, man. Just, yeah, it's good stuff. And you get strong. That's right. You do get stronger in the process of it. Man, you think about that because I know people, if you, a, a good example is Michael Phelps, that swimmer. Did you know he consumes over, when he was training for the Olympics, he would consume over 10,000 calories a day. But, but he's, what, he, what is he doing? He's working, he's working hard, man. He couldn't, you cannot do or, or, or swim at the level that he was swimming at without that kind of intake. You know, I used to eat two pizzas, large ones, not even think about it. Seriously. But I was playing two sports in college, 
And I was 30 pounds lighter than what I am right now. And I can't, I do not eat two pizzas now. <laughs> my room, they would trip out, man. My roommate kind of, I ate 27 slices of pizza one night. Whoa. Yeah. And I drank a Diet Coke. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> seriously. I just, I didn't believe in soda pops. I didn't like sugar. I just, whatever was a big sugar guy. But, but what? I was burning them so fast, it, it didn't matter. So spiritually, there's no, there's no different either. The, the more you want to be used by God, the more you'll get in the presence of God in order to be used by God. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Okay. So we see that God's not trying to hide this from us. He was hiding it for us. Okay. Because if the devils had known what he was going to do, you know, they would have never crucified the Christ. All right, so here we are. So in order to get this even further established, let's go. I quote this all the time, but go to Galatians 2.20. Go to Galatians 2.20. This is a choice. Paul knew how important it was for him. I I quoted, this this is the scripture. When I first got a hold of the word of faith and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the Lord said I needed this scripture in my life. So Galatians 2.20 is what I wrote on everything for five years um, before I actually, I was on the road full-time traveling and ministering. My ministry at first was Rickless Ministries because I was, I, my, my thought process, I must become Lisa and he must be corn. Because literally, I seriously needed, I needed to get rid of Ricky. That makes sense? Yes, sir. And so my Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Let's read this together. The life that I now live, I live by I live in the flesh. We're still we're still in an earth suit, right? By the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I always put this on the back end. I do not frustrate the grace of God. See, God's wanting to use the Bible says he gives grace unto the humble. To me, grace is that ability to win at whatever you're doing in life. Because all of a sudden, God, your source, is now involved in what you're doing. Grace is that when you're, God opposes the proud, that means you're, when you feel like you've got it all together, God's doing the Heisman on you. Yeah. That's good. And let me tell you something, you, you, you don't stand a chance. Nope. That's right. The Bible says that God opposes. If you want to be in opposition against God, think that you're doing everything in your life. That's, that's what I had to check. So that's what I'm telling you what I had to say. This scripture was on the forefront of everything I did for five straight years. And right after that's when I got Cassie. So I had to get myself out seriously before I could even get my wife. Seriously. Cause you know, cause you think you have success and you think that success sometimes is because of what you've done. No, it's only by the grace of God. It's only by the grace of God that we obtain anything that we've ever done in our lives. That we can even walk and talk and and see and feel. Come on. It's by the grace of God. So I don't frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by what I can do, then Christ was dead in vain. Hmm. Right? So what is that saying? I, I don't think, I cannot think that I'm the source. Now, I am the favorite of the Lord, but it's his favor. Come on. 
You're the favorite. If you're, if you're, if you won't be hesitant to give God the glory, promotion will come at a steady rate. When you and I are just like, man, praise God, holy, thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you what Jesus did. This is what God did. Praise God for the word. Praise God for what God's doing. You know what? Thank you, Jesus. I've had people get mad at me for saying that. That's, that's between them and their personal life. But I'm not, I know in whom I have believed, and it's not Enrique. Even though my name is, is Enrique. It's not Enrique, you know? It's not Enrique. It's, come on, my, my name got changed from Enrique to Enrique. And then it just, my, my friend, my best friend when I was growing up was a white guy. And so he just said, can we just drop that end part and just say Ricky? And so everybody called, called me Ricky. I was about four or five years old. So Enrique, it turned from Enrique to Enrique and to Ricky. But it's not in me that I can do anything. That's the, the revelation. And so the more confidence you have in what he can do through you, though, whoo, look out. And at every level, you're just constantly, man, God's doing this. And, man, you, you see what God's doing here and God's doing this. And you're constantly lifting up Jesus. And the more we lift up Jesus, the more Jesus, people are drawn to Jesus. And Jesus is going to set people free and deliver. Now, he's still going to use you and me to do these things. But it's not me. It's not, I'm not the source. I'm the vehicle by which the source is able to operate and do what he's capable of doing. He is the source of all creation. He is the source of all empowerment. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. It's going to be gone. See you later. But he's never, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The word of God will never fail you. He's going to keep us. That's why it says, seek me while there's going to come a time where this world, there's no, this, he's gone. And we're going with him. Amen? Amen. Going out on the first load, everybody with me? Let's get out here on the first load, okay? So we have to do is we have to be sensitive to be led by the Spirit. So let's go to Romans chapter 8. <coughs> Romans chapter 8. This is probably my favorite chapter in the New Testament amazing I really I, I mean if you look at this my Bible I've got it like highlight look at this man I got this is my Bible I got stuff written and it just goes on and I'm just like I like this chapter there's some good stuff in this chapter amen <clears throat> this is food to eat by I was uh it's it, it stirred me up even tonight to be able to come in here and do this yeah it really did you know I'm more than a conqueror. That's what he's telling me in here. You are too, amen? Amen. Verse 6, chapter 8. For they that are after the, chapter. I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Okay, so if I'd have just been focused on that vehicle this week, I would have not been paying attention to what God was trying to do through me, with me, for this person to connect them. I am a covenant connector why? Because Jesus, back over here, God, way back with Abraham, I will cause you to be blessed so that you can be a what? A blessing. So if I'm carnally and just thinking about, oh, the, the, thing, the vehicle thing didn't come. No, he's going, yo, Rick, you're not here for the car. Pray for this guy. Minister to this person. Right? What are you doing? You and I, okay, to be carnal, that's, that's, that's selfish. That is death. That car is never going to, that car is not going anywhere with me. I don't care how nice it was or how nice it wasn't. It doesn't matter. 
right? So to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So here's a good little test for you. If you you don't have a whole lot of peace, you're probably in the flesh. Is that, I mean, I'm just, it's what it's, you know, it's not that, it's not that hard, right? I'm real practical like that. I start reading, you know, it's not how many chapters you read in a day. It's what you get out of what you're reading. And you can read some of the same stuff over and over and over again. It just feels like, wow, hit me again, wow, bam, hit me again, bam, 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 hit me again, bah, body blow, body blow, oh, ouch, Lord. Seriously, just, you're just like, go ahead and just take it. Oh, thank you, Jesus, I receive the Lord. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm, I experience. I'm just, personally, this is me talking to you by the Spirit of the Lord. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But they that are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If you're here tonight, you may be struggling in some of these areas, but the reality of it is you've yielded enough to the spirit to be here tonight. The spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of this. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Why? Because the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. All sin is, is missing the mark. When God's telling you to do one thing, you say, well, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it this way. That situation that you're in is going to begin, begin to decay. It's going, it's, it's bring, you're bringing death to the situation. The moment you say, you know what, God, it's yours. Okay, if that's what you want me to do, I'll walk away from that if that's what you want me to do. I'm going to walk away and do whatever you tell me to do here, Lord. You ever, you ever this is a testimony, Cassie doesn't mind me telling this, but we were living in Oklahoma when I first met her. I was living up there. I, was, we just, I started a cowboy church up there. And we were traveling. I was based out of Oklahoma, Edmond, Oklahoma, Piedmont area. And so, um, she, we, neither one of us, I mean, we, she just got pregnant and she was like, I do not want to raise my kid in Oklahoma, Lord, please, God, please. I, I, praise God. If you're from Oklahoma, I love you. And, and you, know, that's, you know, I have a lot of close friends up in Oklahoma. I love, I love people from Oklahoma. So yeah, the reality, so she's just like, but you know what? Finally, this was, this is no joke. This is, but it was like, yeah, we're in Oklahoma. Okay. So for Cassie, it was a really and you know what? We would get up early together. You know, when you're first married, you don't have kids, so it's kind of nice. So we'd have our own quiet. But, man, we'd get up about usually about 6.30 or so before we start the day. She'd get on the keys, and, man, the glory of God would just fall in our oh, Of course, our apartment was so small back then. I mean, it fit in this little area back here. Seriously. You could, she could vacuum the whole house from one from one cord, seriously, you know, so, everybody, so, you know, the reality check there, so, but uh, we're in there, and the, the people that we're working with, they're sweet as can be, we love them, we still spend time with them, we get through there, and we just love them, and, and um, anyway, um, I had a meeting with them, because it was coming to the end of the year, it was towards December, it was about this time of the year, and uh, 
And we've been talking about what God wanted us to do because we're fixing to have a kid. So we're like, okay, we're believing for the next step, house, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I'm making some big decisions here. And so um, we're praying this out in the spirit every morning, just trusting God. I said, hey, I'm going to go visit with, uh, with so-and-so. We're going to just talk some this morning. I just want to kind of get his heart on some things, where we're going in the direction. Because I believe, like, outreaches like that are supposed to be, like, a major part, a part of another church. You know, and... and just, I don't need to go there. Okay, so from 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 this standpoint, okay, uh, in light, I was in the I was in the rodeo cowboy ministry for a long time, so I I know that world really really well, and so um, and God anointed it, and when He said it was time to be done, it was time to be done. Okay, so uh, and from this standpoint, for Cassie and I, let's get back to this story. Okay, for Cassie and I, uh, we were willing to do whatever God told us to do. So I went to go eat breakfast with this guy. And so we're eating breakfast, and he had some thoughts, and he was going down a direction. I, I told Cassie, even before we got married, I said, look, I said, I'm not, I know where God's called me. When God tells me something, I know when God's told me something. So, and y'all all know, I met Cassie in March. I proposed in May, and we got married in June. So this is still not even a year knowing me. Wow. Okay, so we're, but I told her, I said, but I know God's told me that I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be connected with Dr. Savelle. So that's going to be our home church. So even when we weren't ministering, we, if we weren't ministering on a Sunday, even while we lived in Oklahoma, I'm just being real with you. We packed, Pastor Justin will tell you, there were times we'd come down here and I'd park my trailer out here, tie my horses up and go to church. And we'd pack our horses back up and go back up to Oklahoma if we weren't preaching somewhere. Why? Because I, I truly believe with all my heart that when God's called you to place, there's some things that God's trying to get in you, and there's some things that God's trying to do through you yes. and out of you. Yes. You and I have got to fight for where we're called to be. Yes. Because there's a divine connection with wherever God's called you to be. So we would do that, I mean, all the time. So if we weren't, if we weren't, we weren't called to go church hop. I mean, we, we preached a lot. Let me tell you, we put 60,000 miles at least on a vehicle a year besides flying to different places. So we were going hard. So it wasn't like, but the reality, if we had a weekend off, our, our rear was right here. All right, so that's, that, that particular morning, he gets in, he's like, well, they really want, for, and I told him before we ever came up, before I, I said, look, I'll help you with this. He, they, were, they had a nice church, strong church, going well. This was just an outreach of that church, but it's a cowboy church. I said, look, I said, I will help you. And we had a lot of connections with a lot of, top rodeo people in the world. So there we are. And uh, so we, man, that church was rocking, which is really great. But they, they wanted me to connect with their pastor and sit underneath him. So I said, eh, ain't playing. Why? Because that's not what God told me to do. Amen. God divinely connected. And, 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 and Dr. Savelle and I personally had a conversation together. So I, it wasn't like I was just in my own little world here trying to do something. This was a divine connection that I knew God had set up for me and I had to recognize this, okay? So I go back home and uh, I get there and she goes, how was it me? It was awesome. And she goes, man, I had an awesome time. Man, God and I just, you know, we're, this is so awesome, man. You know, I, when you left, the anointing was, because we'd get up and worship and I, I met him probably about 8, 8.30. We'd been worshiping for probably an hour, an hour and a half. The anointing of God would just set in that place. That little, little 
shotgun house was anointed, man. You know, my, my barn was bigger than our house, okay? So I had, I had my horses taken care of. Okay, so, so the reality of this, you know, I'm telling her, man, she says, so how'd it go? And I said, it was awesome. We had a great meeting. She said, that's cool. Man, the anointing. She says, you know, when you left, I just stayed in the presence of the Lord. I continued. I said, you know what, Lord? If you want, this is, this is amazing. If you want us to be here forever, I'm okay with that. I said, well, good, because we're moving to Texas. <laughs> okay. Whoa. She goes, no. Wow. No, I said, yes, we're moving, we're moving back to Texas. And she goes, no, no, no. She says, no. She's like, are you serious? She said, I just, I just, she goes, for real? I said, I mean, this, I was having a hard time telling her, hey, we're going, what was that though? There was a, she released, I believe her release, her coming to that point in time in our lives opened up that opportunity for it to be broken so she can do what she, in her heart, she believes she was, but you know what, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. When you're willing to do whatever, that's the battle. Don't be like Jonah. Seriously. It stinketh. You know, it does. We've all been there and not done, you know, and it's not, not fun, right? And so the, the way you keep yourself in check is, you know what? Your spirit man. And we'll leave you with a couple more verses and we'll wrap up. A couple verses. Galatians 2.20, we already went over. Romans right there. Look at this. Go down a couple of verses in that same chapter. For you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as you are led by the Spirit of God, what's the Spirit of God? My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. There has to be a peace. You have to be at peace with whatever it is that God's telling you to do. When you're anxious, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, let the peace of God. Right? which surpasses all understanding, natural abilities to rationalize and reason what's going on. You know what, God? I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know what, but I know this. God, you are my source. You are my God, and my God supplies all of my need. I'm not, I don't know how this, is going to, how this is going to pan out, Lord, but I'm looking unto you. I'm seeking you in this, God, because I, I naturally, I'm at a wit's end right here. I'm going, God, thank you, Jesus. Come on. That's what he's saying right here. So let that peace that surpasses guard your heart and mind, which are in Christ Jesus. You and I have got to, that's the fight that we're fighting where this is concerned, where God is our source. If you're, if it's, if it's flesh, it's anxious. I've learned this even when it comes to ministering to people. I know people that want to, they're, they're going to pre, they're going to force some way to pray with somebody. <laughs> they're just not going to give up. You know what? They're praying over them. They're not being led by the Spirit of the Lord to pray with them. That's right. Exactly. Well, you didn't, and the battle comes, that prepar, that's preparation time. If you'll spend time praying, the Spirit of the Lord will lead you at the right time, like they did with me and Cassie, with that man. Yeah. It wasn't something we had to force or, or anything like that. It was just an, it was an opportunity that the Lord set up that I wasn't even naturally at first looking for. But as time goes, time, time went on in that situation, 
God was leading us in that direction. As many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. This peace of God which surpasses all understanding is going to guard our hearts and minds which are in Christ Jesus. And uh, the last scripture is in John, one of my favorites when it comes to this. In John, 1 John 2.20. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You have an anointing. You have, in the Amplified it says, but you have been anointed. You hold a sacred appointment from you have been given an unction from the Holy One, and you will know the truth or know all things. So there's going to be a knowing on the inside of you. When you're led by the Spirit, your natural doesn't necessarily have to understand it. But your spirit, man, you just have a peace that signs, seals, and other. That's why he says if you go look in Ephesians chapter 1, the, the peace of God, that Ephesians, when he's praying that over you, that peace he gives it to. Let's go over there real quick. I know I said it was, was my last scripture, but you're pulling this out of me, and you need to you need to know this stuff. This is how you you stay in the spirit in order to combat the flesh. I, I, I've learned this: when I'm anxious about something, slow down, stop. Uh, that's me. If it's God, I'm going to have a peace about it. It says this. Um, in verse 13, in whom you also trusted, that that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom after, also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You and I were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The natural world, it's a gut check. It's a, that's what it is. You know, when you, when you receive Jesus, it, you, were, you may have thought about some things, but when it came down to the bottom line, there was something in your heart. You, man, you know, and I know, man, that's mine. That, I, know, I know this is who I am. This is what I need to do. And that's what, it's in your heart, not in your head. But that same leading is, comes out of here rather than out of here. And so you have to fight for it, though, because your natural ability, your, your natural tendency is to want to go for it. That's how, you, that's how you keep God as the source of everything that's going on in your life. Amen. I'll close with this right here, this little illustration. When I was, uh, when I was uh, traveling uh, back, it's 25-something years ago, um, at one point in time, uh, we would go out into the streets and we'd minister. And uh, they, they taught us how to lead somebody to Jesus on your hand. Okay? The first thing they say, good news. Back then, Fonzie was, Fonzie was still, you know, hey. Yeah. You know, this is good news. And this is actually an international good sign. Yeah. Yeah, There's certain signs that we, that we throw up that that's not a good sign in other countries. Yeah. So this right here is universal. So you, if you do this, people are like, okay, yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. They give you a thumbs up. That's a good one. Yeah. This is okay, right? Okay, so we tell people, if you're going to lead somebody to Jesus, hey, I got good news for you. That's the first thing that they teach me, that they taught me years ago. Simple way to lead people to Jesus. Good news, okay? And then this is what you got to recognize. You know what? You're a sinner, and you need Jesus. That you've been separated from God. That Satan came into the world, and he separated people from the love of God. And, and we'd always tell them, this is how we taught it. Don't forget, when you're teaching this, you were a sinner too. There's three fingers pointing back at you. Remember how much of a sinner you were, so don't get all full of yourself when you're leading somebody to Jesus. This is what they, this is, this is, this is, I'm telling you, I learned this, I learned this, I may have been in high school still when I learned this. 
and doing street evangelism. This is back in the, early, in the mid-80s, okay? But, but it stuck with me, okay? The next thing they tell you, okay, the middle finger, this is the middle. If you look at your hand, your, I, don't, I don't care whose hand it is, it goes right down the center of the palm of your hand. This is, okay? And if you go straight up from there, this line right here makes a cross. And it is the tallest finger that you have. In order for you to receive the good news that I have for you, and because you've realized that you need something more in your life, it's going to come through somebody called Jesus. And he died on a cross. This little line right here makes a cross. Okay? But there's, there's, a, there's a real important thing that has to take place in order for you to receive Jesus. It says, I go with this left hand. There's a, a thing called Commitment. You got to commit your life to Jesus. You got to give Jesus. You got to get in covenant. And this is this is good old Baptist boy teaching the covenant right here. Come on. So you got to get in covenant with God. You need to ask Jesus to come into your heart. He's the good news that keeps you from the ways of the world and is going to get you success in your life. But you got to you got to look unto Him. He's the biggest thing, and it's important. But you need to make this commitment. Are you willing to say, you know, would you be willing to pray with me to commit your life to Jesus? Okay, that's what you do next. You're committed. And then there's this pinky over here. You know what that pinky's for? How many of y'all do something with your pinky on a regular basis? This is what you tell them. What do you do with your pinky? Most of them, if they don't, unless they play the guitar or they may pick their nose a lot with their finger. They don't do a whole lot with their pinky. This pinky is the smallest of all your fingers. This pinky reminds me of you. If you're going to live the good life that God's called you to live, you got to remember who you got it from. Stay in the grace that just saved you. This is what we would teach them. Isn't that something? And so you, from tonight, from here on out, you'll have this for yourself. Man, when I'm going out doing what I'm called to do, man, I got to remember who and whom I have believed. I got to constantly keep myself in, in a revelation of God is my source. And when my kids come to me or my job comes to me and they're asking me to do something, it seems like, how in the world? What is that? How are we going to get that done? I, I, I'm not the source. Jesus, you're the author, you're the finisher. And if you put me in this place, I can trust you to complete and perfect what you've given me to do because you're with me. I'm in covenant with you from now on for the rest of my life. You will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm not taking this all. I'm with you forever. Amen. So keeping the source, keep the source. It's a fight. We have to, it's a fight. Life's not fair. Things happen, right? And I'm telling you, our, our source will keep us. Not just for what's coming out of it, but it also keeps us where we need to be in order to be fresh to do whatever it is that God's called us to do. If you're feeling weak, if you're, it's, you're, you're focusing more on yourself than you are on who's in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But in, in great, let the greater one live big on the inside of you all the time. And, and be excited about it. You, can't get, you don't have to get excited. You know what? I made mistakes. I, I'm, I'm just as... I do things just like everybody else does things. But if I focus more, if I focus on me, I can get frustrated real fast. Amen. But I can't, I, I focus on the, the God that's on the inside of me. 
the one that's promised me that everything that I put my hand to prospers, that he'll never leave me nor forsake me, that he's going he's to show me witty ideas and inventions. I'm going to seek him, and I'm going to search for him, and I'm going to find him. I'm going to know him. Come on. And then I'm blessed to be a blessed. He's the one that blesses me, and he's going to be the one. I've already, this is so fun. But I'm telling you, there's things that will take place that start taking place in your life. One of the coolest, some of the coolest things is, is when you're wanting to do something, and God just starts doing it for you because you want to do it. I had three, I had two different men, three different men of Satan's this, just this week on certain things that I was believing for. And I told, I told Kai, and you know what was, was cool? One of them I only thought about. And somebody walked up to me, have you been thinking about doing this? I looked at them like, I had not even talked to my wife about this yet. But I'm in covenant with God. So me and God talked about it. I told God, I was like, God, that'd be fun. You know, I really need to do this. What do you think about this? And someone walked to me, well, I'm supposed to give you that to that. I'm like, okay. What, what is that? Because we are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm yield, right now, I'm, I'm yielding more to him because if I'm going to do anything and everything that he's called me to do, I've got to yield more to him. You want to be used big by God, yield yourself to him. Yes. Don't go try to do it yourself. Yes, sir. He'll do it through you. Amen. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the lamb. Amen. Well, Father God, we thank you for our time together. I thank you for these mighty men, Lord. I thank you for your presence that has been with us, Lord. I thank you that your word will not return void. I I receive that tonight, Lord. So good to just hear what you had to say to me, even tonight, and calling some things out and calling some things up in the inside of me. I'm honored, Lord. We're honored. Pray this with me. Say, God, I am honored that you would choose me to be a vessel to be used by you. I recognize you are my source for everything in my life. I choose to be a vessel of honor that you can use however you want to use me. Be it unto me according to your desire. In Jesus' name, devil, get out of here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, did you get something? Praise the Lord. Well, praise God. Thank you all for being here tonight. And we're excited about what God's doing in the life of our church. It's, it's real important. I believe in one of the things I can go ahead and charge you coming into 2019. I know that Pastor Justin with us as a men's group, we're going uh, to go higher. And so I really believe that. Uh, Pastor Justin and I both have been talking about some of the direction where the men are concerned. He may have deposited some into his core, some of his core men uh, that work with him on a regular basis. But I know part of that is uh, is empowering you that come here on that are coming here that are here tonight, and that'll be coming. The men that God's sending to hearers of faith are not called to just be men; they're called to be leaders. And so what what we're talking about is. Um, going through a ministry series in, in 2019 that's equipping you to be what you're created to be in your workplace as a, work, as a lay minister. 
what God's called you to do. That's what we're going to focus on in 2019. And Pastor Justin has some, some great ideas and great thoughts. God's deposited some things on the inside of him. He told me, he says, he prepare them for what we're going to be kicking off in 2019. And part of that is uh, understanding that, you know, you're called to be used by God in a great way. And the number one way that you're going to be, you got to hear from God first. And, and, I, and I say that's, the, if, we, if, you, if we can hear from God, then we, God can do something through us. Yeah. And so our personal relationship is what we, we as a staff and as a leadership team, we know how important it is for us to be right personally so that God can use us in every other aspect of our lives. And so we care and we believe that you guys, us as, a leader, as, a, as men in this church, we have a healthy men's group. Yeah. Our men and our, I'm thankful for you guys. I'm just going to be real with y'all. Pastor Justin, one of the things he and I talked about, we got some strong men that have some strong desires to be used by God in a great way. And so because of that, we're going to make sure that we develop some opportunities and, and, and equip you guys to do what it is that you're, however it needs to be. Be praying for us as we're kind of ironing it out, trying to figure it all out. But I know he's coming with a game plan. God's coming with a game plan. And we're going to walk it out together in 2019. This is going to be the best year of our lives with marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. Amen? Amen. Love on each other. If you don't know somebody, love on them. Tell them who you are. And uh, y'all be blessed. And we'll see you Sunday morning. Amen? Amen.